and we have National Guard as well as Texas Department of Public Safety officers who are there to make those arrests and to deny illegal entry. And Joe Biden actually does have an option here. Joe Biden's option is to enforce the laws of the United States and stop this illegal entry. A great majority of our members uh, will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them, and they're going to vote for a president. When you look at these two presidents, the choice is very clear about which one stands up with the working class and stands up for labor, and which one stands for the billionaire class, and that's his base. Are you that was uh, Greg Abbott, governor of uh, Texas, who's spatting with the White House. And that was Sean Fain, who revealed in an interview with Neil Cavuto that, yeah, my uh, UAW workers are probably going to vote for Trump, despite the Biden deal. 704-570-1110. When it comes to a, uh, a good jobs economy, Charlotte's where it's at especially for one specific person. I want to welcome uh, back to the program, Breaking Brett Jensen. Follow him on Twitter at Breaking underscore uh, uh, Jensen. Uh, good to have you back. Uh, no, at Brett underscore Jensen. It's good to have you back, Brett Jensen. Tell us about the new coach coming in for the Panthers. Yeah, it came down the pipe right around noon today that Dave Canales, he is the current offensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was a quarterback's coach. He's extremely young. He's considered an offensive-minded genius. You know, another up-and-comer young guy like that has been so successful all over the NFL, whether it's with the Dolphins or the Vikings or the Rams and all these places where you have these, you know, the, the Bengals when he was first hired, you know, a couple years ago. So, like, all these new up-and-coming coaches are young. They're no longer 55 and 60 years old like Frank Reich. They're now 34 years old, 35 years old. Right. And Dave Canales is one of those. And, you know, here's basically the way I look at it. If you can make Baker Mayfield look semi-decent, you're doing something right. Mm, okay. All right. So do you think he will have the ability to overcome size issues, uh, accuracy issues with, um, with, 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 with the current quarterback of the of the Panthers? Well, that's a great question. And I can tell you that uh, according to multiple reports that one of the main questions when they're interviewing coaches is, is Bryce Young fixable? Yeah. And how do you make him successful? What is your game plan or to make him successful? And the fact that this guy, Dave Canales, um, who is like, oh, by the way, who is um, of Mexican heritage, uh -huh. um, that he has coached quarterbacks. He was a quarterback's coach before becoming offensive coordinator. And some people are going, well, he was only offensive coordinator for one year. But that's the way it is in the NFL. People yeah. are generally, if you do a good job, you're getting interviewed for head coaching jobs after one or two years now. You don't have sure. to put in your time for five years as a coordinator on offense or defense. And so, um, so yeah, they brought him in. And he apparently, like I said, when Tepper is asking can you fix Bryce? What is your plan for yeah. Bryce? Mm -hmm. That's and apparently they liked his answer. Well, look here. Here's the thing. Also, to keep in mind, um, who is going to be willing to take a meeting with David Tepper? Right. I mean, it's like it's. It, I don't. I don't think Harbaugh had a meeting with David Tepper. I don't well, think. they did. Yeah, but they didn't request to speak to Harbaugh. Okay. Um, but but they, but what I'm saying is, you have to you have to go with where you're going to be welcome to go or where you're invited. Right. 
Well, exactly. And that's the thing. Like they interviewed nine different coaches. All were all were coordinators, uh-huh. um, offensive and defensive. They interviewed nine different coordinating coaches. They didn't interview Bill Belichick for obvious reasons. No reason to interview Bill Belichick. And um, considering what he's done at, at New England the last four years with that roster. And so and they didn't interview Jim Harbaugh. They had interviewed Harbaugh the, you know, last year and I believe a couple of years ago. So they know about Jim Harbaugh. So that's not that big of a thing. And so, yeah, they interviewed all the coordinators and, you know, people, you know, one of the one narratives were like, well, who's going to want to work for David Tepper? I tell you what, just about any offensive or defensive yeah. coordinator wants to be a head coach because there's only 32 jobs and, right. you, and you will more than quadruple your salary right. if you become a head coach. And the check's clear. So that's that's what's important. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I never bought into that. Who wants to work for David? Like, you know what? No, everybody wants to be a head coach, period. Right. Period. Do, uh, any indication as to how he'll interface with the new GM? That's a great question, um, you know, because they just, you know, hired Dan Morgan or promoted Dan yeah. Morgan, I should say, um, from within. You know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, if Dan Morgan went in his interview with David Tepper and said, I'm not the one that tried to trade away, you know, I told him not to make the trade with, you know, all these people. And I told him to do this and, I t- and they kept going against my wishes. And I kept telling him, we need more of this. If he had all that information and said, yeah, we, this is what I wanted to do. And, and the previous general manager went against every single thing I recommended, then they'll be fine. And Dan will be the, the pick, but they'll, I think it'll be more set up like most teams, Brent, where it's the head coach will have a say, uh-huh. But the general manager will have the final say right. on who's drafted, who's brought in. You know, they may say, hey, what do you think about this offensive lineman? Hey, what do you think about this wide receiver? Something like that. Um, the big question is that I think that we're going to find out is, you know, Carolina ranked fifth in the NFL in defense last year. How many of those defensive coaches are they going to hold over from yeah, last year? Good point. Huge point. All right. Great stuff. I imagine we'll be hearing more uh, about this tonight with you breaking it, Brett Jensen. Absolutely. Also going to have Scott Hamilton, who was down at Nikki Haley's rally last night in Charleston. He's going to join us to talk about that as well. Great stuff. Appreciate you uh, jumping on, hopping on with us. Uh, Look forward to uh, hearing your coverage tonight. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot, Brett. I appreciate it. You got it. That's uh, Breaking Brett Jensen. Follow him on Twitter, Brett underscore Jensen. Uh, and it's going to be some good stuff. Now, one of the stories that's intriguing me right now, and we will get into all the politics and, and the things that are that are important from the campaign trail and the border. But it's the situation with Taylor Swift and the stalkers that are coming after her. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to uh, have a, uh, a very special guest who's going to be joining us, a friend of uh, the program, who's going to talk to us uh, about what it is that is happening uh, as it relates to this stalking case. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. So this crazy story uh, continues to move on. And, and I'm only interested in this because um, it, we are going to eventually at some point have a, have a terrible situation. Uh, over in New York City, Taylor Swift has a stalker who keeps showing up at her house. And she keeps showing up. He keeps showing up. He keeps getting arrested. They got him. They caught him. They brought him in front of a judge, and he had no bail, and they cut him loose. And so I want to reach out to somebody who's very intimately familiar with the city of New York, uh, but understands the security picture as well, and that is uh, our good friend, Rob Tafano. Welcome back on the show, my friend. It's good to have you here. 
it's been a minute, hasn't it? It, it, it has. Wow. It has. But here's here's what I want to know. Um, we remember what happened with John Lennon in New York City in 1980, a horrible tragedy. Um, you got a lot of nuts walking around in that city. How do you keep people safe if the judges are cutting them loose, Rob? I mean, this is just incomprehensible how someone can make a decision like this. And this isn't a one-off we're talking about with this guy. It's my understanding that more than 30 times he's been spotted outside of this woman's apartment uh, on one occasion trying to make access or gain access to the apartment itself, jiggling the door handle, going through a dumpster for garbage. I mean, no sooner was he arraigned in Manhattan, cut loose, what did he do? He darted right back out to her uh, apartment when, when he was uh, released by the judge. We've seen this show before. Uh, sadly, it rarely does it end well. I mean, you indicated rightly so, you know, the John Lennon situation. Um, and this is just, you know, every day in New York. It's, you know, obviously it's getting a lot of exposure because it's Taylor Swift, but, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to count the number of times that you have rapists, you have assault suspects, shooting yep. suspects, mm-hmm. that are just getting a slap on the wrist, this revolving door justice, and Boom! Right back out on the streets again. Well, how how do how do security guys and, and and I don't mean like a security guard, but I mean it could be a security guard, I guess. But somebody who's really adept at spotting the threats that are out there. How do they sort of keep track of that stuff uh, without giving up, uh, you know, any any sort of work product or anything like that? Um, how are you able to? How are they able to be surveilled so that you know where they are at a given point? Well, with this particular situation, I would imagine, not knowing Miss Swift, but I, I could pretty well guarantee that she's got a top-flight security team, and they are intimately familiar with this individual, just can't seem to avoid um, finding himself in, in handcuffs, sadly, not incarcerated. But um, So I'm sure that you know they're, he's top of mind on their radar, and they're keeping a, a, a pretty close eye on it. But well, you know, what about the the woman who you know schlubs it all day at the bank? And, yep. You know, doesn't have the kind of jack that Taylor Swift has, mm-hmm. or the you know the kind of resources that, that she has. She's she's left to herself. You know, and, and these cops too. I mean, locking the same people over and over and over again, only to have them sprung to do do the same thing. It's it's demoralizing for the people who are trying to keep the public safe. It's no less demoralizing and unnerving if you're on the receiving end of stalker. Yeah, I, I, look, I can only imagine, and you know, you've got people that are being turned out every single day uh, for for violent crimes. Uh, we we saw that horrible story last uh, last month with the the two teenagers eating at a at a restaurant, and this maniac goes up and stabs them uh, because he was an emotionally disturbed person uh, who who should have been you know confined probably to Bellevue or something. Um, what what, what and, you know, that's a really good point too. Is the mental health aspect of it? You know, with all the states losing funding for their mental health programs. Uh-huh. And facilities far too frequently you know these people who need mental health assistance they're they're winding up in handcuffs and in jail and you know police and you know detention officers aren't suited equipped developed or trained to provide the kind of assistance that that, that they really need yeah and to come and to compound all of these problems in all of these cities including charlotte and beyond um you know, you've got you've got migrants coming in. Nobody knows who they are, what they're up to, uh, any of that sort of stuff. Uh, the world has become substantially more dangerous since 2020. I'll give you the final word there, Rob. Yeah, for sure. And you know, this isn't unique to Taylor Swift. I mean, I can't tell you how what I was with Charlotte Mecklenburg Police. How many television anchors, uh, female television anchors, oh. were on the receiving end of, of a stalker? And I mean, these were someone had to have their husbands come up and meet them every night after work and private security that would escort them from work to home because 
the the threats were getting just so credible and egregious that uh, they had to go to lengths like that. This is a this isn't as uncommon of a situation as some would have you believe. Yeah, look, you get someone who's infatuated with someone, and um, with the internet and everything else that's out there, um, you got a lot of tools at your disposal um, for for ill um, and good, but mostly uh, for ill in this crazy time. Uh, Rob Tafano, I appreciate you coming by on the show today, and uh, thank you so much well, for you. lending you us your expertise. We're happy to help, of course. You got it. Thanks. Thanks much. That's Rob Tafano checking in. Good stuff uh, all the way around in, in terms of the analysis that he's given us there. And you know what? Here's the thing. You, if you get like a sense that something is awry, you, you shouldn't dismiss it. You know, you want to make sure you're kind of looking over your shoulder and pay, being uh, aware of, of where you are. And if, if you do end up with somebody trying to give you a hard time, you know, it's the sort of thing that you should report because – uh, it may be happening to other people. And my gosh, we just saw the story yesterday, the rape that took place in Ballantyne and the and the and the woman's young teenager uh, had the presence of mind to call the cops and stay and hide upstairs and and and, and get get her uh, uh, saved. But my gosh, what what a horrifying thing. And people would sit back and say, really, now this is happening in broad daylight. Yeah, because people do not want to lock up criminals. In fact, I've got I've got thoughts on this. We're going to have somebody else joining us later on uh, in the program to talk uh, about this very thing. But I've got some comments about this uh, straight ahead, uh, especially as it relates to those uh, four youngsters or three youngsters that are racking up all the charges. This is a real problem. This is a compounding issue where people are are leading cops on hundred mile an hour chases and they're carrying firearms and they're underage and somebody has got to step up and do something about this <music> news talk 11 10 99 wbt it is the brett whatable show good to be with you 704-570-1110 hey don't forget by the way i don't want you to forget that we've got the debate coming up here it's going to be amazing and uh, we are going to be there uh, asking the questions. And this is going to be a lot of fun. We got Bo and Beth, Vince Coakley, Pete, me. We got uh, Mark Garrison, Brett Jensen. And, and what's good about this is there's a lot of dimensionality between everybody. Like everybody's going to be asking uh, different sorts of questions. And, and that's, that's the way it should be because, you know, you get the same old question over and over again. Oh, what do you want to do about taxes? What do you want to do about regulation? What do you want to do about? I'm going to ask them some tough ones. I got I got some I got some real tough questions that are going to be coming in. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to show my hand, but I mean I I may give you I may I may actually ask a question that requires like deep thought on a solution. You see what I'm saying? This is this is what needs to happen here. That we need to see like okay, if it's a complicated question, how do you unpack it? Like, how are you unpacking it? Because that's that's as important as anything else. You, you, you watch these politicians, and I'm not saying this group of politicians, the D8, they, they, are, they all seem like they're fine people. But I'm talking about, like, generally speaking, they will defer to, like, rote talking points. Well, I believe that crime is too much, and we need to uh, have a law and order approach. Okay, but specifically how? Right. What are you going to do with people who went to jail for drugs? What are you going to do to try to lighten the load in that regard so you, we can actually take people that are criminal criminals and put them in uh, in the pokey, 
You know, that's and the pokey is a technical term. 704-570-1110. I want to grab this call from Robert next. Robert, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Brett, you bring it every night, every night. Thank you, buddy. I just have a couple of uh, comments about the Panthers. Yes. First of all, I, I am a big fan of Dan Morgan, at least uh, for his for his playing days. I wish him wish him all the best. He, as you probably know, as you may know, uh, he was an outstanding player for us. Yes. Uh, his his uh, his career got cut short due to injuries, mm-hmm. but when he was playing for us. He played with a tremendous amount of heart, tremendous amount of energy, high motor, uh, almost on the level of Luke Keekley, which is saying a lot. That's that's so, big. That's big. So I just hope that he brings in players with heart like like he has and he had. Right. Um, I don't really know our, our new coach very well, but I, of course I wish him all the best. I'm, I'm certainly a Panthers fan and have been the whole time they've been here. Uh, secondly, with regard to the fact that, yes, there, as Brett Jensen said, yes, there are only 32 NFL head coaching jobs. It's a, it's a plum, it's a plum assignment for almost anyone. But he, he I believe he said that we were 29th in the. Uh, pardon me, that we were fifth in the league in in defense last year. Uh, last year, now that must be on a on a yards per game basis. I believe we were 29th in the NFL in scoring defense last year. Right. And I think I don't think we have a whole lot of building blocks other than Derek Brown. So uh, I, I think I think of the 32 NFL teams. I hate to say it, but I think we are probably the least desirable team at this particular time to come in as a as a as a new head coach. Well, I look and part and part of that is because of the is is because of the quarterback situation that you have. Right. Uh, you could argue. And I'm I'm not arguing it, but it could be argued that, you know, you would you would prefer to have Caleb uh, Williams as opposed to Bryce Young. Uh, Caleb Williams is, seems to be a much more durable uh, a product. But that's not saying anything about Bryce Young. Bryce Young is a, is a great is a great quarterback. He just needs he just needs to get that that seasoning down. You know, you you think about this is just philosophically here. You think about somebody gets drafted, right? And it's the highlight of your life, other than probably winning a Super Bowl, okay? You, you, you are drafted, you're going in the NFL, you've got nothing but great expectations, and then you go to that place and it becomes a job, and then you go to that place and it becomes a tough job, and then it becomes an ugly job because you're getting whacked every week and you're not putting up wins, and people are talking and they're saying things about you. Like, that's a very difficult thing, thing to do. And what I think Canales is going to have to do is come in there with Dan Morgan and try to turn the culture towards the future. You know, yes, you can look behind and say, look, you were 29th or you could say you were fifth or whatever that is. But you have got to get people forward looking to what could can be accomplished. And obviously, Dan Morgan had had a lot of success um, when he was when he was playing. And there's an opportunity to tap into that. To, to be able to lead that way for for this team of young people who maybe haven't seen that kind of success. And having a guy around like that who understands adversity and success at the same time, that's 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 a big deal. That's like having a, uh, a, a very well-rounded uh, um, uh, sergeant uh, in, in, in charge of your, your troops and uh, someone who's not going to get freaked out because there are setbacks. They're going to get motivated to achieve more despite the setbacks. Well, 
with regard to, to Bryce Young, I certainly hope that he is able to to live up to the being the number one overall pick. That's a big deal. It is, and that's big expectations. Uh, I am honestly underwhelmed with his with his physical, tangible tools, mm-hmm. and I and I if I had to choose, I would. I think it would be an easy choice to have, to have, at this point in hindsight, to have taken C.J. Stroud, who, sure. looks like to me, he can make all the throws, and he he uh, he had success immediately. Now, again, I, I honestly, of course, wish the best for Bryce and our team. I've 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 been a fan, a Panthers fan, ever since they formed the team back around '95 or whenever it was. So, uh, but I, it's it's quite it, if. If our new coach and our new GM are able to turn this thing around in a couple of years, I'll be very impressed. Oh, it'll be it's going to be something to see. And and so there's there really is only only the possibility of going up from here and let's hope that that's what ends up happening. And um, you're you're a great caller and I appreciate you being out there, Robert. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Brett. Likewise, sir. You got it, buddy. That's Robert checking in News Talk 1110 WBT. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, I've got a story for you, and you're, you're going to think I'm not telling you the truth, but I am because I don't lie and I don't make stuff up. I joke around sometimes, but this is, this is an important story. Remember what I was telling you? If the Biden administration was coming for your gas stoves and they were coming for your water heaters and your air conditioners and they don't want you to have uh, generators at your house and, and they don't want your kids going to school and, unless it's one of these indoctrination sort of schools and all that. You know, like the whole list of stuff that they do, right? They opened the border. They are now coming for your garden. No, they are. They're coming for your garden. And this is a real story uh, published by the University of Michigan where they won the national championship. So apparently they feel like entitled to big changes. A new study finds that fruits and vegetables grown in urban farms and gardens have a carbon footprint that is on average six times greater than conventionally grown produce. A new University of Michigan-led international study finds that fruits and vegetables grown in urban farms and gardens have a carbon footprint that is on average six times greater than the conventionally grown produce. However, a few city-grown crops equaled or outperformed conventional agriculture under certain conditions. Tomatoes in the soil of open-air urban plots had a lower carbon intensity than tomatoes grown in conventional greenhouses. While the emissions difference between the conventional and urban agriculture vanished for air freighted crops like asparagus. They don't want you having asparagus. Asparagus is a fancy food. You don't need that when you're living in the urbans. I mean, that's what they're trying to say. If you're living in the suburbans, you could have asparagus. Have you ever have you ever done that? Perhaps you have. The exceptions revealed, yes, I said the urbans and the suburbans, because you might be in a truck snacking on a stalk. My next band is definitely going to be called Suburban Asparagus. Outstanding. Get that. Uh, Tommy's re- registering that right now on the Internet. 
The exceptions revealed by the study suggest that urban agriculture practitioners can reduce their climate impacts by cultivating crops that are typically greenhouse grown or air freighted. In addition to making changes in site design and management. So you get into this story, and what this is essentially saying is, yeah, you don't need an urban garden. You, you just need to kind of, like, sustain yourself on, on whatever it is that, that we're going to tell you because we're really smart and, and all this sort of stuff. Why are these people, you know the word, tinkering with the gardening? What do you think is belching out more carbon? Is it... Is it a little garden you're growing where you've got lettuce, tomatoes, uh, onions, whatever it is, things like that? Or is it something else? Is, is it is it a, a big uh, housing project, what have you? You know darn well what it is. They don't want us eating food that we grow for ourselves. This is all this comes down to. Stay with the factory farms. Stay with the stuff that's like set up over there. We'll truck it in. You don't have to worry about growing stuff. And they were, we had the story two weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, about the uh, indoor trees that people have, like a lemon tree in their house, or, or they'll have an orange tree in their house. There are, there are these nurseries that will ship them to your house, and you can have fresh fruit in the house. And what are they complaining about? They're complaining that the pots that these trees sit in in your living room are not environmentally friendly. Well, are, 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 are you cutting a hole in the floor and planting the tree in your, in your living room? No, it's sitting in the pot. And when you're done with it, if the tree is finished, if it, if it grows and it goes away, um, what do you do? You recycle the pot. Like, how is this difficult? I don't understand these are people that sit in cubicles in Washington, D.C., um, or state capitals, who then decide they want to come and manage how you live your life. I, I, I am amazed when I see these dictates come down from D.C., and they're going to tell you how you can manage your land in North Carolina, how you can manage your land in South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, wherever, Virginia. Okay? Th these are people... Who, who are in cubicles, who are just coming up with new policies because they live in a little like nine by nine cell of, of a studio apartment. And, and all they're doing is binge watching uh, stuff on their tablets. They, they don't understand how farmers farm. They don't understand how ranchers ranch. They, they don't understand how, how this stuff all works. And so they want to get involved. They want to tell you, well, you're going to have to live like this. You can't have that. You can't have an urban garden. And then they're the same people that will come back and tell you that there's food deserts, that there's food deserts where you can't get fresh stuff. There's no farmer's markets around here. Where are we supposed to get fresh food? You have to pick a lane and stay in it. But see, the point of all this is to look like they're accomplishing something by doing these studies and all this sort of stuff. And this is merely a metaphor for all the other stuff that goes on. Like I said, your appliances, the vehicles you use, they told you to go buy an EV. And I gave you the story yesterday, and I'm amazed I haven't seen it pop up over on uh, Foxy Friends. Uh, and, and I'm amazed I haven't seen them talk about the fact that you have to change your tires every 7,000 miles with the electric car. You know what? Get rid of the electric car. St stick it in a museum someplace. 
use it as an emergency generator. Just put it up on on jacks, and then just use it as a as a as an emergency generator, and let these people garden. I can't believe I'm advocating for the gardeners. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do it. I will stand up and I will say, listen, you garden how you want to garden. That's a good thing. It's a fundamental good thing. Not everything contributes to climate change and global warming and all this sort of stuff. They're just looking for reasons to reduce your freedoms and liberties. And that's really fundamentally what we're talking about here. So when they come for your garden, when they come for your garden, you tell them no way. You tell them that you are providing for your family and you are providing for your loved ones and your neighbors. That's that, that, this is this is a this is an absolute no brainer, folks. It's a no brainer. We're going to talk to Curry Myers coming up in the next hour and Steve Moore is going to come up. Curry Myers is going to talk about the weaponization of law enforcement and how it is that the federal government is abusing that uh, that that right where they feel like they can come in and, and force law enforcement to do particular things. We're going to speak with Steve Moore about the contention that Joe Biden has saying that the economy is strong with three percent GDP growth. We've got a bunch of other great stuff going on as well. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Winterbull Show. Great to be with you, 704-570-1110. Follow me on Twitter. I will follow you back if you follow me on Twitter. It's uh, great to be with you. The Western Journal with an op-ed. The Constitution literally allows Texas to engage in war at the southern border. It's a piece penned by Mike Flynn. Michael Flynn. Remember Mike Flynn from... Uh, the original uh, uh, tr- Trump days. The Supreme Court's decision this week to order Texas not to protect its border with Mexico will go down in history as one of the court's most cowardly decisions that could doom our nation if it's allowed to stand. The decision was not just about razor wire, he writes. What's it about? It's about the role of states in our federal system and the betrayal of the nation, first by a president and now by two Republican appointed justices, writes uh, General Flint. I ask you to invest time and stay with me as we uh, spend some time to try to figure out the background of this crisis. Within hours of President Joe Biden being sworn into office, he signed a proclamation that ordered an end to the construction of President Donald Trump's southern border wall. That's a fact. His stated reason was a wall is a waste of money and diverts attention from genuine threats to our homeland security. The statement was so absurd, we knew it at once that this was a man who had somehow assumed the presidency and was not on our side. Biden had just sworn the president's constitutionality uh, prescribed oath to preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And within hours, he had flung open the nation's borders to all comers. Biden was announcing that he was the second act in the Obama administration's mission to fundamentally transform the United States. He was declaring that the Trump years were over and the revolutionaries were back in charge. Was the Trump wall a waste of money? Well, the establishment media had attacked 
Trump for spending $11 billion to put up barriers along 50 miles of our southern border. But the media thought nothing of spending more than 10 times that to defend Ukraine and its border. As the House GOP now estimates the annual cost of Biden's open border will be $451 billion in carried costs for illegal, undocumented aliens coming into the United States. A half a trillion dollars. Biden opened the door and over 3.8 million people walked right, right through. The number of people is greater than the population of 22 states. It's on the verge of destroying the nation in every way, causing crime, drug deaths, child trafficking, terrorism, deficit spending, and more. He could not have done any more damage than if he had tried. Did the wall really divert attention from genuine threats to our homeland security? Well, under Biden, military-age men are pouring over the border from countries that despise our nation. Migrants on the terrorism watch list keep walking through, with only some being identified. Biden claims about the wall were so patently false, so in your face, that we got the message. Where are the congressional Republicans? Americans have been waiting for a very long time for the Republicans to bring an end to the chaos. We held our breath and waited during Biden's first two years. When Democrats enjoyed a majority in the House and a tie in the Senate, which the vice president could break in Biden's favor. For the last year, since January of 2023, when Republicans took control of the House, we've waited for our party to do whatever is necessary to stop this existential threat to the nation. Remember, no money can be spent from the U.S. Treasury without approval by the House. The Republicans could have stopped the assault on our borders, but they didn't. For whatever reason, loyalty to the billionaire donor class, fear of negative press, whatever, they caved, afraid that they would be blamed for the government shutdown. Meanwhile, the message from the rank-and-file Republicans, but not outliers like Nikki Haley, has been simple. Close the border. While we waited for Republicans to act, the border crisis got so bad that some congressional Democrats, including five senators, began to break with Biden. It is time for House Republicans to close ranks and do whatever is necessary to support Texas in defense of a border that Biden will not defend. We knew Gavin Newsom in California was a lost cause. Arizona's Doug Ducey was a McCain clone, shown to be uninterested in uh, any of these challenges. Who would do nothing to protect their constituents? Then, in January of 2023, Katie Hobbs took over Arizona and the Republican legislature had little stomach to fight her. Finally, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, no doubt pushed by solid conservative attorney General, pa uh, General uh, Ken Paxton, started to take action. He installed razor wire along a 30-mile stretch of the Rio Grande and set up a floating barrier. He deserves enormous credit and support for trying to not only save Texas, but the nation. Predictably, Biden's Department of Homeland Security, headed by Alejandro Mayorkas, challenged Texas's razor wire fence in federal court. While Abbott prevailed in the relatively conservative Fifth Circuit, the Supreme Court sided with Biden and against the American people. The high court voted five to four to give the Biden administration exclusive control over the U.S.-Mexico border. 
In little more than a sentence, the court vacated the Fifth Circuit's injunction against the removal of razor wire that had been installed on the border at Abbott's direction. Although the Supreme Court decision is not a ruling on merit, it leaves the nation's southern border wide open until the courts can get around to dealing with this. This is not just a ruling against Abbott. It's a ruling against the American people. We have come to expect uh, Justices Elena Kagan, Sonia Sotomayor, Ketanji Brown, Jackson to embrace the Democratic vision of open borders. But we were uh, they were joined by Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Amy Coney Barrett. These justices could not have believed the official reason given by the Biden administration for its application to undo the injunction to protect the illegal aliens crossing the border. The real reason is to reopen the border to facilitate more of this invasion. He he goes on to say, in normal times, there might be time to wait for the judicial process to play out and see if the Supreme Court reverses their position. But these are not normal times. America needs to be defended. In allowing this, the president has not just been inept, but he's acting as a deeply corrupt man. As I said, he is carrying out Barack Obama's plan to fundamentally transform America. News Talk 1110-993-WBT as we effort uh, Curry Myers to uh, join us in the conversation. Let's grab a couple of calls uh, in the meantime. Let's go to J.D. first up. J.D., welcome to the show. Hey, Brett. Thanks. Hey, so I want to know, what's the difference between that big old wall that was circling our people's house and the barbed wire that's trying to keep the immigrants out of this country? So next time, are they going to, could we actually be able to take down that wall surrounding our capital that, you remember when Pelosi put up? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, well, what the difference is, is to be honest with you, is I, I the, the, the wall around the Capitol was much more secure than the wall along the border because the exactly. elites, the elites exactly. just needed to be protected. And, and another thing, Brett, uh-huh. Mayorkas is going to get impeached. Yes. And I'm telling you this right now, any Democrat on the border that votes to not remove Mayorkas, yep. anybody... Like Nadler or AOC, mm-hmm. just shows they do not care about their constituents. They do not care. They don't. And they, they don't. They want to keep their, their feet to the fire to sit there and say, "You better do. You better. You better, or you're going to lose your seat." All your border Democrats, you're going to lose your seats. Like the one to Flores, she's going to take over that Gonzalez guy if you vote for or vote against Mayorkas, because Mayorkas doesn't care. He does not care about the American people. And another thing, too, if he does get removed out of office, I hope every single person that's lost deaths from fentanyl to, to murders, mm-hmm. they sue Mayorkas and bring him down. Because every single time I see that guy smirk and smile and sit there and say, oh, I don't care, I don't care. It's like, you know what? There are people dying in this country. There are people that are dying in this country, and you don't care. That's right. You know what? If you, you do not care, then you should not be in office. That's absolutely right. That's 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 what I'm sorry. JD, a great call. Thank you very much for being there today, my friend. You got it. Okay, let's go to Bob next. Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, Brent. How you doing today? I'm doing well. Hey, uh, just a couple observations here. Uh, uh, this may kind of go off the wrong track here, but 
we've sort of let the genie out of the bottle on the uh, border because whatever gotten through has gotten through. Yes. And yes. Unfortunately, unfortunately, though, you have to look at what happened at 9-11, and I hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, unfortunately, if it takes something like that to shake the people up and say, why do we do that? Why do we do that? The Supreme Court said you got to take the razor wire down, all this other yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, that look, that's a fair that's a fair point. But here's the problem: if you look at the output at the other side of nine eleven, it turned out be, to be the Americans that suffered the most because they 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 still let in a post nine eleven world they still let people come across the border without a problem. And uh, you know that that that's that's a very frustrating reality. I want to welcome to the program uh, uh, Curry Meyer, who is a uh, a, a tremendous patriot. He is working hard in, in, the, in the world of law enforcement and policy, and he is concerned about the weaponization uh, of, of what we see with law enforcement. Uh, Curry, good to have you on the program. It's, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Talk a little bit about your concerns uh, relative to what we're seeing take place in this country right now. Well, the politicalization of federal law enforcement is continuing, and it's, and it's actually starting to um, affect uh, even local law enforcement, uh, but in particular, and most recently, the Department of Homeland Security paid an activist group through a grant fund of nearly a million dollars, it was $700,000, to create a self-described propaganda campaign that was specifically targeted to conservatives, and this was done through the Targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Program. Uh, and it's uh, it's amazing to me that we're using taxpayers' money uh, through initiatives like this from the Department of Homeland Security in order to attack fellow Americans. It's it's just not right. Uh, well, look. In addition, what are we seeing? We're seeing the the, the border crisis, the border mess. Uh, all of that is happening a- as well, and it seems to be in service to people other than the United States folks, the Americans. Uh, how, how, do we, how do we unwire this? It feels to me like this is going to be a crisis that is of momentous proportion. Well, it's not just the Department of Homeland Security. I agree with you first and foremost, but it's not just the uh, DHS. Um, when they were organized in 2002, they, became, they became, became immediately one of the biggest government bureaucracies in the United States, in the history of the United States, mm-hmm. um, and the federal law enforcement was never designed designed for this. I, I'm going to make an assumption that founding fathers are turning into their grave. Yes, they never thought that the number one they never wanted the the nationalization of policing. That's right. That was never in the found in founding documents. They never discussed it, nor did they wanted it uh, to happen, uh, and they. They followed it up with having very few federal agencies actually to enforce uh, federal statutes. So it's not just that. The FBI, and, and we have talked probably at nauseum of the, the times of the FBI that has committed violations, uh, uh, constitutional violations, going back all the way to 2004. Um, it became highly politicized after 9-11 uh, under Robert Mueller. And then it caught on fire being politicalized when Comey came into power. Uh, You're talking about 2016 on the uh, Hillary Clinton, 2018 on uh, various probes on emails. Sure. uh, The 2018 again on the Trump campaign, um, Andrew McCabe, 
you got into data secrecy, um, the Patriot Act, all those kinds of violations that have occurred. And most recently, we've seen where there's been um, targeted co- uh, conservatives where they've gone to their homes and arrested them uh, in front of their families for minor violations, which actually the unintended consequences has caused a two-tier system of justice in the United States. For sure. And that makes people uneasy about law enforcement, which we have to be a group of individuals that are looked to to be biased yep. and fair in the application of the law. And, and indeed. And look, the reality is Peter Navarro was uh, was sentenced today for contempt of Congress. Hunter Biden is guilty of the same exact thing, and he's walking free celebrating uh, and, and shoving it right in the face of the, the people at the Congress. Uh, Curry Myers, great to catch up with you. Where do people get more information on what you're doing? Uh, thanks for uh, having me again. You, they can visit my work on Substack at drcurrymyers.substack.com. Curry is C-U-R-R-I-E, and Myers is M-Y-E-R-S. Uh, but we, we really appreciate Dr. Curry uh, Myers. We appreciate you uh, spending time with us here today, and we look forward to our next uh, catch-up. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Thank you. Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Winterville Show, 704-570-1110. Be a part of the conversation. Coming up, we'll talk to Steve Moore. I was telling you about what happened with the with the uh, with the gardens. People are people are looking to come at your gardens. You know, that this is not a good thing. I want to observe something here if I can, all right? Bear with me. Bear with me. I don't want you to get frustrated, but it's important to to kind of think about uh, the direction of things and how, where we are. From its inception, the United States of America has embodied the spirit of progress and innovation, constantly looking forward while respecting its past. This forward-looking ethos is deeply ingrained in who we are in the American identity, shaping the nation's history and driving its remarkable achievements. Nobody can doubt that. The founding fathers of America envisioned a nation that would continuously strive for progress and improvement. Thomas Jefferson was one of the most influential figures in American history. He once wrote, I like the dreams of the future better than the history of the past. Encapsulating the sentiment of looking forward with hope and optimism. This profound statement reflects Founders' beliefs in progress's power and commitment to shaping a better future for future generations. Similarly, a a renowned polymath and statesman, Ben Franklin, famously remarked, without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. These words emphasize the importance of constant advancement and innovation in the American ethos. Throughout history, presidents have echoed that sentiment of progress and forward momentum. President John Kennedy, in his iconic speech, declared, we choose to go to the moon in this decade to do and do other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. These words exemplify the unwavering commitment to pushing the boundaries and the possibility of embracing the future. 
They serve as a reminder of the bold leadership that has guided America's journey, inspiring the nation to reach for the stars and achieve greatness. Even the group of people who are most reviled by especially people on the left, the titans of industry, like Henry Ford and Thomas Edison and Steve Jobs, have epitomized the American spirit of innovation and forward thinking. Henry Ford's revolutionizing the automobile industry with the assembly line technique, transformed transportation, and paved the way for mass production. Thomas Edison, Edison numerous inventions, including the practical electric light bulb. It revolutionized how we illuminate our world. Steve Jobs' visionary leadership in revolutionizing personal technology with Apple brought about a digital revolution that continues to shape our lives to this day. These remarkable individuals embody the relentless pursuit of progress and innovation deeply embedded in the American ethos. This is different than what you're getting from the president right now. The president wants to fundamentally transform America away from America's mission. He wants us to be a, just another downtrodden, poor country like everybody else. The president in the White House today believes that America's best days are behind her. And he wants to sell off the pieces of this country wholesale to the highest bidder. I've said it repeatedly, and I'll stand by it. This president of the United States at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is great at spending your money. It's all he does. The American journey is adorned, adorned with remarkable inventions and achievements that have propelled American progress from the invention of the light bulb by Thomas Edison to the telephone, by Alexander Graham Bell. America's been at the forefront of groundbreaking achievements that have reshaped the world. The Wright brothers' successful flight at Kitty Hawk. That marked a pivotal moment in history as it demonstrated the possibility of human flight. And who can forget the iconic moon landing in 1969? When you think about the the split in time between those two events, it's really remarkable. When American astronauts set foot on the lunar surface, showcasing the nation's unwavering commitment to the exploration and pushing the boundaries of human achievement, furthermore, the development of the Internet, a transformative invention that has revolutionized communication and information sharing, was spearheaded by American innovators. Those remarkable achievements highlight America's role as a global leader in technological advancements and its dedication to shaping a better future for all. America's commitment to always looking forward while respecting its past has been the driving force of this exceptional journey. We must remember this, folks. As we stand on the shoulders of giants and marvel at the past accomplishments, it's imperative to carry this torch of progress forward. Let us draw inspiration from words of the past. The resilience of the present and the promise of the future. The bright light of America must continue to shine forward, illuminating the path for generations to come. I think it is vitally important now more than ever to embrace the spirit of innovation, unity, perseverance that has defined America's journey. As individuals, let us strive to contribute 
to the ongoing narrative of progress. And as a nation, let us work together to build a future that embodies the best of our past while pioneering new frontiers. Together, let us continue to make history and inspire the world with our unwavering dedication to always look forward. Just some thoughts I had earlier today. Thank you. News Talk 1110-993 WBT, Brett Whitterville Show. Uh, happy to welcome to the program Steve Moore uh, joining us now. Uh, Steve, it, it's good to be with you. I, I just wanted to get your opinion on uh, what it is that we're seeing from the Biden administration. And they're, they're touting the 3.3% uh, GDP growth uh, as, as a victory. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, great. Great to be with you. Now, uh, you know, it's very interesting because we did get a good on the GDP, 3.3% is a, is a very solid number. For the, the year for the year of 2023, we had uh, we had 2.5% uh, growth, which is decent. You know, we want to get the 3 to 3.5% growth, and that we need that to, to grow our way out of these problems that we have right now. So that's the good news. You know what the bad news is? What's that? Uh, if you look underneath the numbers, you know, look where the growth came from. Do you know what the fastest growing sector of the economy is right now? Oh, no, don't tell me government. Is it government? Government. <laughs> oh, yes. gosh. So government in the last faster than any other sector in the economy. That's bad news. We we don't want the government growing now. You know, we're running a $2 trillion deficit each year. We want the government to be contracting and the uh, vis- vis- visiting with Steve Moore uh, from the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Uh, you can get more information, uh, Committee to Unleash Prosperity.com. F- a final question for you. What, how, how important is it that we are able to extend into 2025 these tax cuts? Because I feel like we're about to go over a cliff, Steve. Oh, hugely important, hugely. You know, I was very proud to have served, as you know, as one of the senior economists with Trump, and Larry Kudlow and I, our, our laugher, helped put that plan together. And it, it worked. I mean, people forget that if it had not been for COVID, you know, state re-election landslide, uh, because the economy was booming. at that. Remember that, how the economy was booming oh, in yes. 2019? And, that, and then, of course, we got hit with COVID. So but if you look at the results, not only did it grow the economy, but those tax cuts really paid for themselves because the economy grew so much. So, you know, we've got to make those permanent. We've got to yeah. keep those, um, those tax rates low, attract capital and businesses here. For Trump used to say, this is the first time in 50 years where, it, you know, factories would move Michigan. Yeah, unfortunately, we're, we're losing him in that in that connection. Steve, I appreciate you being on the program with me. Uh, more information, uh, get get his newsletter at the committee to unleash prosperity dot com. The committee to unleash prosperity dot com. We appreciate his uh, his his joining us here today. Um, we just had, it was a terrible connection towards the end there. I'm really sorry about that, folks. We'll uh, we'll, we'll get him back. Um, you know, we'll get it back at, an, at another point when, when we're in a, a stable connection. And this, this, this happens, and it's, it's really just one of those things. But you heard what he said, and now this is scary. What's the biggest sector that is growing? The biggest sector that is growing is government. Now, wait a minute. What, what are we doing in terms of how, how are we growing government with, with our economy? How does the economy grow government? Hey, you know what we need to do? We need to get more bureaucrats uh, in here. We got to get more bureaucrats doing bureaucratic things. Why? 
Why are we Why are we doing that? Um, this is This is one of the frustrating parts of of the whole conversation all the way around, and. Uh, when you when you kind of consider where it is that, that we are in terms of trying to grow the company, tr- trying to grow, you look at real estate right now, it's a little bit challenging, right? Because you have these high interest rates. So people who have houses that want to sell those houses um, don't want to be on the other side of a transaction because they're then going to go from like a 2% rate, a 3% rate, 4% to like a 6 7 8% rate. And so people are like, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till this stuff all normalizes uh, when, when, when Joe Biden's out of office. Well, you can't count on him going out of office. I mean, it's entirely possible Joe Biden does the handoff to Vice President Kamala Harris. Then what are we doing? Then how are we doing this? I mean, this is, this is a very serious, important matter. Economics are everything in this country. What you can afford, what you can buy, what you can consume, whether or not you can expand your business, whether or not you can start a business, whether or not you can get a side hustle. All these things are are hugely important. Nikolai Wenzel uh, had a piece up called Bidenomics and the Slippery Erosion of Economic Freedom. It's a very compelling piece that he that he has running there. He says, Bidenomics is a moving target. The sheer numbers are staggering as the regulatory factory on the Potomac spews negative externalities polluting the economy. 2023 closed with 90,402 pages of rules and regulations published in the Federal Register. More than 90,000 pages of rules, all administered by Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and his merry bad, uh, uh, band of, uh, of, of, of technocrats. The Biden administration finished the year with the second longest collection of all time. Barack Obama holds the record with 95,894 rules. President Biden just displaced President Trump's record of 86,356 in 2020. To achieve that feat, the Biden administration beat its own record of 79,000 in 2022. The numbers aren't the only challenge. Regulatory watchers find themselves playing whack-a-mole with a variety of rules and regulatory agencies. It's now sadly quaint notion that Congress and only Congress makes the laws. It doesn't. It's those people telling you that you can't have that garden, that you can't have that gas stove, the the bureaucrats sitting in those rooms telling you what you may and may not do as a free American. We'll dive deeper into this later on in the program. Coming up next, Beth Troutman, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It's great to be here with you today. I'm happy to welcome back to the program my very good friend, Beth Troutman from Good Morning BT. Hello, Beth Troutman. How are you? Hello, my friend. I am doing awesome. Even though it's rainy outside, you know, the 
the plants are getting a drink of water. I try to be positive. All right. In, in all honesty, I got to ask you a question. I, see, I don't, I don't mind if it's rainy and it's cold, but it's rainy and it's kind of warm and it's, it smells weird outside because the, the temperatures have kind of come up a little bit. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this. It's a little too, uh, it's a little too icky uh, for me. It out feels. There. It feels odd, and this is one of those North Carolina phenomenon, you know, or phenomena, I should say. It, it, it's it's that winter odd warm day, and I'm glad that you pointed out the smell because I I just took my dogs out about 20 minutes ago, mm-hmm. and I I smelled it too, and I thought my neighbors were smoking pot or something. I was like, that doesn't <laughs> seem like them. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's 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 as funky. It's it's like a funk in the air. You know, it's this funky smell. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's like the thawing of the dirt, and it's kind of yeah. musty and skunky. And yes, and I'm so glad you pointed that out because that makes me feel much better that I'm not crazy. And the only thing keeping us in the game is because we massacred all those bugs for the last like three weeks with it being like sub-zero temperatures, and now they're all just going to come back out. By the way, did you see the cicada thing that's going to be happening come this summer? Did you see this? Um, this? Yes. Oh, two gosh. different swarms of cicadas. Oh. We haven't had this many since 1803. Thomas Jefferson was president of the United States the last time that this many cicadas came out to uh, say hello and to mate with each other. The uh, the sound of this is going to be um, awful. Next level. It's going to feel, I would imagine, biblical. Yes. To, to a lot of the folks <laughs> yes. who are experiencing this. Yes. Because what's going to happen is we're going to walk out on the street and it's going to be crunchy, crunchy as we're walking. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You know, that's. Oh, nice. I don't even. You know, it's kind of. There was a town in Indiana earlier this, uh, or I guess earlier last year. It was probably mm-hmm. around the beginning of the fall last year where they just had an overload of crickets that just showed up in the city and people were just walking down the sidewalks crunching on all the crickets and i i feel like that's kind of the yeah. life we're going to lead for yeah. i think the poor cicadas though i mean they only get a four-week lifespan i think or a four weeks to to mate and uh reproduce. so yes. you know hopefully they'll live it up and just live their best life and then get out of the, get out of the way all right now i'm going to ask you a celebrity question here and and i, I had oh, no. i had rob tofano on uh, uh, with me in the very first hour. And this is something that, that uh, I am genuinely con- concerned with. I'm not particularly a fan of, of her music, but this this whole stalking thing with Taylor Swift is getting creepier and creepier. She's got this guy that has like, shown up at her house like 35 times. They caught him. They, they take him to, 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 to the judge, and the judge lets him go without, without any kind of bail. And then he goes back to her, her place dumpster diving. Um, you know, yeah. people in the public eye have to deal with a lot of stuff. I can't even imagine the stresses on this on this on this uh, very successful artist who has to deal with these these wackos at every turn. It reminds me of the whole John Lennon thing. Yeah, well, you know, I just watched Apple TV has a little three part documentary about John Lennon, so it's funny that you bring him up because I just watched that because I was so young when that happened and when Mark David Chapman showed up outside of his apartment, just like you're saying, and stayed there all day, and got his autograph from John Lennon when he came to get in his limo to go to the recording session that turned out to be his final recording session, and then, you know, called out his name when John Lennon came back to the uh, apartment building later that evening. 
There is, there's something, um, and especially now that celebrities not only are, you know, creating music and having sellout concerts, but they're also quote unquote accessible via social media. And that even humanizes them more or makes them feel more, um, like they're accessible. And I think that makes the people who are misguided, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to use that term, feel like they have some kind of right to them because, you know, Taylor's very communicative with her fans and very, you know, posts videos and, and is very lovely and has always been really lovely with her fans. And I think the people who are struggling and maybe have some, some mental problems mm-hmm. take that and they think that she is speaking directly to them and, and, and having a personal experience just for them and that they somehow some have some kind of ownership and that they are entitled. And I think that's probably the biggest word, entitled to mm-hmm. dumpster dive or have some kind of interaction or, or wait outside the their home. And, you know, the... The thing that we forget is that all of these people who are celebrities are human beings. They just have an ex- they're ordinary people. They just have extraordinary jobs that put right. them that make them knowable to, to 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 lots of people at a time. And 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 because they are familiar to so many of us, um, you know, when 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 you walk up to somebody or you approach them, you can really see when they start putting up the, uh, you know, the, the protection there, they're, they're, they're just trying to, you know, get, get, get to where they're trying to go and do what they're trying to do and, and, and not be stopped. Cause I mean, you, you know, they, they probably get stopped, you know, 14, 15, 20 times a day, uh, just, just doing the average things that we all do and take for granted. Yeah. You know, I heard an interview once with Carrie Underwood and she, you know, was thrust into celebrity because she was a, an American Idol winner. Right. And she's from a small town in Oklahoma. Um, Shakota is the, the, the tiny town uh, right off of I-40. She had in this interview talked about the fact that her family loves to go to bowling nights mm-hmm. and that she can no longer go with her family on these bowling nights because it became a hassle, not only for her, but mostly for her family, because people were, you know, stopping her and coming up to her. And so she was no longer able to do all of the normal family things that she was able to do before she got thrust into the spotlight. And that kind of broke my heart for her because she's a, you know, a, a very hometown kind of girl and you you think about not being able to just because i love just going to sit at a coffee shop and read my book and you know drink my hot tea or walk around barnes and noble and (laughs) sit in the floor in the middle of the aisles and read the, the 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 liner notes of the books and it would be such a such a life change if i couldn't do those things sure. if I couldn't just exist and you know, I love to eat alone and I love to go to movies alone and all of those things and it would be it's just a very difficult That's life right. if suddenly right. you didn't feel freedom. That's right. Beth Troutman, great stuff. I, I, I so appreciate your insight on this and uh, what do you have coming up on the big show tomorrow, my friend? Well, tomorrow, Charlotte's most beloved John Hancock joins us in the 9 o'clock hour, but the big thing, um, we're giving away two, two sets of Bob Dylan tickets tomorrow during our show. Uh, you have to name that Bob. We're playing the contest that is sweeping the nation, so make sure you tune in. You can get those tickets to the Bob Dylan concert. It's happening in March, so it's coming up super soon. 
Be sure to listen for your chance to win. We're also, of course, going to talk about the brand new Panthers, Carolina Panthers coach, Jim Zoki, our sports director, will be joining us for those conversations. So it's must listen to radio. Absolutely. Great stuff. Beth Troutman, enjoy the night and we'll pick it up again tomorrow. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It is the Brett Witterbull Show. Great to be with you here today. I want to um, invite you to uh, be a part of the conversation at 704-570-1110. I've got this awesome trip that uh, we are going to do in November. And I know what you're saying. Oh, November's like way over there. It's after the election. Yes, it is after the election. And I'm going to talk about it in the next segment because I think it's really cool And I'm excited because it's a different dimension in terms of what we've been doing. But we'll get to that soon enough. Bryson, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Bryson? Hey, Brett. I I thought I might have given your screener uh, a headache. I told him I wanted to talk about the Civil War. The Civil War? What's going on? Which which Civil War? The impending Civil War or the other Civil War? I'm being facetious a little bit. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it's going to come to that. But uh, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, Biden's in a lose-lose situation, isn't he? I Let's mean, see. So Biden's in a lose-lose. How, how do you figure that? Well, if he doesn't do anything, then Texas shows the world how you can stop an invasion. Yeah. And if he does go down there, then he's just going to show the world how he's allowing an invasion on purpose. So. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I grew my, my childhood was spent in the state of Texas. OK, and okay. there is there is a great deal of pride among the people of Texas, at least back then. I mean, you've had a lot of people move in uh, in the interim. And so the question becomes, what's the upside for Biden to go and send in say, like he's threatening now to nationalize the Texas National Guard? And using them against, essentially, the, the, the people who are not playing ball as it relates to the border. Um, but he, so, can't, he can't do that politically, though. Uh, sure he could. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. We've been down this road before. I, I don't know. How, how old of a guy are you? I'm 41. Oh, okay. So you might have a memory of this. And I'm not, being, I'm not like trying to you know, Bigfoot you. But do you remember what happened? At the Branch Davidian compound when Bill Clinton was president? You talk about Waco? Waco. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and remember what, the, what went down there, right? You had all these tanks coming in, and they were pumping in poison gas, and then they were shooting it out with, with, with each other and all that sort of stuff. And then they ended up burning the place down, right? The whole place gets burned down. Now, what does that look like to the rest of the world? It looks terrible, right? It looks absolutely uh, uh, awful. If if he goes in a heavy-handed way against the state of Texas, he doesn't have to worry about Texas. He has to worry about the other states that are going to pledge support to the state of Texas. And there are a number of them who are lining up already. Um, and right, and that's why I think, it's, I think he can't do it politically for that reason. Uh, I, I think, I th- you want to know what I think? I think he views Greg Abbott... As a um, uh, uh, views Greg Abbott as a stand-in for Donald Trump, and he is going to he is going to do something very aggressive against Greg Abbott. I, I am convinced of I, it. I just can't imagine people that are middle of the road Democrats 
can look at this any longer and say this is acceptable. They, 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 they will, because they, they hate Texas. At all. Texas is, is quite hated around the country, especially on the coasts. People hate the state of Texas. They think there's too yeah, many I guns. The state of California, but I, I like Californians, and I don't want them to be invaded. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, I, I look, crazy. I, I don't think there's a good answer to this. I don't think Greg Abbott's going to blink. I think what Greg, Ab- Greg, Greg Abbott's got one one game, one card he can play. And what he can do is he can say, you know what, we're going to send all the illegals in the state of Texas into Washington, D.C., and we're going to give Joe Biden what he wants. That's that's about the only thing I can think of that you could you could do to make the point. And I'm talking about sending in 500,000 illegal immigrants into the into yeah. the district and, and shut the and shut the district down by by just putting them there. Um, that's because because, look, they're not letting him. The, the argument on this thing is they're not letting him enforce his border. So if we're going to if we're going to have people coming across, they're all going to Washington, D.C. Good luck, Nancy. Good luck, Chuck. Good luck, everybody else, and let's see how you function with 200,000 people coming in on buses. And, and Brad, did you see the letter from the FBI today to all the to Speaker Johnson and Schumer and everybody? Uh, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't Ray, but it was like two of his deputies put a letter out saying how th- we need to be aware of this. There's a huge invasion, so everything's mixed match signals. It's, yeah, it is. Well, it is. It is because. Getting very dicey. I don't like it. I don't like it either. I, 100% I don't like it. I, I don't like it for the people that live on the border. Uh, and, and there are plenty of other places that are being impacted negatively at the border. There, New Mexico, Arizona, Southern California. Yeah. Um, and and this, is, this, is a, this is a real problem. Um, great, great call, Bryce, and I appreciate you being out there. I do not Thank think you. there's going to be a civil war. This is just going to be a stalemate. I don't either. All right, buddy. I don't either. All right, stay Gosh. safe out there, man. I appreciate it. Look, that's... I, 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 there's no reason to go into a civil war, like ever, ever. And uh, people are going to call me and be like, yes, there is. If you have to do blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, then there you go. Everybody's got their justification. This is a political problem. And the political problem is Joe Biden. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the political problems. I said this earlier, and I, I will I will stand by this. I do believe the thing that set Joe Biden off against the state of Texas to begin with was when Kamala Harris was on that bus touring the state of Texas because he sent her down there to 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 do the thing. And um, uh, she was not great greeted uh, graciously. And I think that's when Joe Biden decided it was he was never going to do anything good for Texas. Breaking news. Raheem Morris hired as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons who passed on Bill Belichick. There you go. It is the Brett Witterville Show News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Good to be with you. I got to find something here. It's important stuff. I'm going to go to Stan next up. Stan, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today, sir? How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing great, Stan. I appreciate you calling today. Well, I I have a question for you. From uh, 1776 to 2001, uh, our homeland was basically secure. Uh, That's what the Department of Defense I thought was for. Mm -hmm. Then we go in 2001 and we create the Department of Homeland Security. Yes. And then 22 years later... Our border is wide open, and the homeland, secu- the homeland is not secure. That is correct. 
So then what then was the purpose of creating the Department of Homeland Security? Come on, you know the answer to this. You well, know, of course I do. What, what, it, the answer to the question is to spy on the American people. In short, though, even even more succinct than that, it was to enforce the provisions of the Patriot Act. It's not a coincidence they were both created at the same time. Oh, the Patriot Act is the worst thing ever. And, you know, they had that thing sitting in a, in a, in a, in a uh, drawer waiting for a moment to spring it, and they did. And that's it's exactly right. Everything that has grown from that moment is, is just an atrocity. It, it, it basically, it was created, I think, to protect not the homeland, but the government from we the people. Of course it is. Absolutely. Like, like, think about this. Okay, we all go through security, right? Everybody goes through security. When you go to the airport, everybody goes through security. The the, the people that work in the restaurants, the people that work um, in the stores where they sell you, you know, newspapers or whatever it is. Right. Why? Why? What is the problem with going to the gate like we used to do when we were kids and meeting grandma and grandpa? Why? Why do we have to wait out on the street? Because we can't be trusted. If you're screening everybody, then you're screening everybody coming in. So what's the problem? I don't understand this. Like we 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 have eroded the great experiences and traditional experiences of America. Now, given the people that now fly on airplanes, I may not want to take my children to go wait for grandma there because who knows a fist fight could break out by with someone wearing a thong on their head. But I mean, the fact of the matter is. We have we have gradually eroded the standing of the American taxpayer and citizen and exchanged it for the folks who are all about the chaos, Stan. Well, so my question then is, is the, the Patriot Act, I don't think, is permanent. It keep, they don't, don't they have to keep voting on extensions? No, is there any they, they, No, because what they keep doing is they keep doing, you know, every year or so, they reauthorize the emergency declaration of 9-11. That's, that, that's been, that, that happens pretty much every single year. But is there any way to, to like, protest that and might get enough public support to stop it so that that's not renewed at some point <laughs> well, you'd have to you'd have to you'd have to repeal it and i don't know you know can you imagine how how nuts people would go if you repealed it especially you know the uh, the security services and all the people that get all that money coming their way to uh, to be you know vendors for the federal government there's no way we're ever going to get rid of that no way no way yeah well, we almost have to to keep the country up, so I don't know. There's going to be an impasse at some point, I guess. There will be. There will be. Uh, great stuff. I appreciate it, Brad. Take care. Thanks, Dan. You got it, buddy. That's Stan checking in. So I was um, – you've been hearing the spots run on the station, and I wanted to just kind of go through this really quick with you guys. So we're going to take an incredible trip, uh, an absolutely phenomenal trip to to Europe at – the end of November. We're going to go from November 29th to December the 8th, 10 days, nine nights. Uh, it, it's going to be an incredible trip that we're doing. If you want to get more information, you can go look at the brochure. You can see everything at tourwithbrett.com, T O U R with Brett.com. Uh, this is an incredible gathering of people because it's going to be me and some of the great people from Folds of Honor. Um, and and uh, uh, other hosts who are going to be uh, joining us uh, from from around the country, including um, uh, Mandy Connell of KOA in Denver. And so we're going to get to get together. We're going to get to spend time and see incredible stuff. The reason why I want to point this out to you when you check this out is the level of service on this trip is 
is off the charts. This is like a five-star, we're going to be on a boat on the river Danube, and we're going to be stopping at all these Christmas markets. And we're going to get to spend time in Vienna and all of these beautiful places uh, during that holiday season. You'll be back for Christmas. Don't worry about that. Um, but it's going to be really remarkable. It's all-inclusive. Uh, there's there's just so much there. And, again, this this trip is super high-end and it's affordable. So we would love you uh, to join us. And, again, uh, if you could check out, uh, cr- um, you can go to cruise-tour.com or go to my website uh, where I have this posted up over at tourwithbrett.com, tourwithbrett.com. I'm a little puzzled about something. I came across a story uh, earlier today. City officials announced the closure of the Greenville Zoo due to bad weather. What do they do with all the animals that are in the zoo when it rains? Like, do you put them in store? Like, do you store? How do you store them? Do you put them in store? You get a lion. You get a tiger. You get a bear. Oh, my. And where do you where do you like where do you put them if it if it's if it's bad weather if it's raining where do you store the animals? It, do, do, like I wonder like do people like, hey it's bad weather can you take the giraffe home? <laughs> take the giraffe home tonight. Somebody's got to take the giraffe home. Has anybody got a very tall vehicle? You know something like that. But uh, according to the post, the zoo would be closed this upcoming Saturday and Sunday because of weather. Um. They, they, they had a post that said, here we goat again. Because of inclement weather, the Greenville Zoo will be closed on the 27th and 28th. The zoo's annual closure for maintenance and construction continues during weekdays. By the way, uh, you guys should know this. Layla the pygmy goat misses you so bad. That's in the post. That's in the post, TJ. You like it. Come on. This is how do you close a zoo? It's like, how do you close a park? How do you close a park? Don't look at those flowers. Stay on this side of the line. Pam Warner probably knows how. He snort great. What? <laughs> what? He just he made me snort. <laughs> snort? Yeah. What? What, uh, what was that? Yeah, I snorted uh, when I was laughing. I said. <laughs> wow. Mission accomplished, TJ. You had me at here we go again. <laughs> I try. I try to bring levity to the people of the traffic. Um, Don't get my goat. What's going on out there on the roads? Well, it's not too bad. It is bad. News Talk Left 10, 99.3 WBT. It is the Brett Winterville Show. Coming up in the next hour, there's a Robitussin recall. They're recalling the Robitussin. Holy cow. All right, let's grab this call from Tom. Hey, Tom, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Brett, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling in. Yes, of course. I hear and I'm listening and reading about you going to Ireland very soon, I believe on June. And I was on before. I was chit-chatting about this with you. And I one of your stops is going to be Waterford, Ireland. Of course, everybody knows Waterford from the famous crystal company, Waterford Crystal, which I believe is actually part of your itinerary. But get this part. I was a glassblower working at the Waterford factory for 15 years. So I can bring you on the visual tour 
and what that's likely to look like. So as you go to the factory, Waterford has a population of 47,000 people. Wow. It's a Viking city wow. dating back to the year. Get this, 914-914. And the Waterford factory is there since 1783. Holy And, God. of course, my, and my father was a glass blower for me for 30 years, and I was a glass blower for 15 years. And I'm honored that you and your guests are going to be my hometown of Waterford. And I live in Weddington. North Carolina, so I love the synergy. That's awesome. See, this is great synergy all the way around. This is going to be this is this is going to be an amazing trip. That's this is the June trip that we're talking about, um, yep. and, and mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to be heading out um, in the in in the beginning of June, well, really the middle of June, middle early June, uh, and and we're going to be spending a lot of time. It's going to be exciting. We've got people that are also going to be going to. Um, Scotland, an extension to Scotland as well. Mm-hmm. So we're very, very excited about about this trip, uh, no doubt about it. And um, I think it's so cool that uh, that that we have this connection all the way uh, yeah. across the uh, across the seas <laughs> to, to to here in North Carolina. How about that? Yes, and, I, and I'm full blown leprechaun. So I'm not a Kelly or a Murphy or a Ryan going back to the 1850s. I'm born and bred. Yes, we can say that about ourselves. Irish like to laugh at ourselves. The one thing about about us being from Ireland, you cannot embarrass us because we just don't care. We just go with the flow, give it your best shot, we push it right back at you. But, Brett, as we get nearer the time, and I'm going to let you go in a second. I know you've got other callers sure, and segments. Sure, sure, sure. But as we get nearer the time, I'd love to jump on, maybe give you a guided tour, certainly of my hometown. Yes. And mention some great bars. I can tell you right now, Jeff's Bar, G-E-O-F-F, Jeff's Bar. Jeff's Bar. Has the, the best pint of Guinness you will find in the southeast of Ireland. I oh, guarantee you. Really? I'm buying around for everybody if, if you come back and say you don't like it. That's awesome. No, I love it. That's that's <laughs> outstanding. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Do me a uh, do do me a favor. Um, con- yes, connect with me. Are you on Twitter? Connect with me on Twitter, and that way I can get your yep. your, uh, your your information. So just ju- jump sure. on and follow me on uh, at, at Winterbull Show W I N T E R B L E Show. And uh, I appreciate you checking in with my with me, Tom. Thank you so much. I'm- Maybe I'll even join you on the tour. Maybe I could put that on the books, and I can give you the personal guided tour to bring Guinness with you. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. I, I, I'm in. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Thanks so much okay, for calling. Friend. Yeah, you got it. You got a- it. A- absolutely. That's fantastic. See, this is this is how we build like relationships. You know, this is how we this is how we do this. I, I am going to give you. Okay, I am going to give you the Robitussin. Not not literally. Don't take that. I don't mean it that way. I'm, I'm going to give you. Let me give you the Robitussin. Robitussin cough syrup recalled nationwide due to contamination. What the heck? I figured I should do it now because I just talked about it. We're not going to hold it over to the next hour. Somebody could be taking it or, you know, we don't need that. We, we, we need to keep all of our all of our awesome listeners. Halion. Halion is recalling eight lots of the popular cough syrup Robitussin due to microbial contamination. That doesn't sound good at all. A recent advisory from the U.S. FDA um, coming out. The tainted products in question are the Robitussin Honey CF Max Day and Nighttime. I didn't even know they had that flavor. Which is used to alleviate symptoms associated with cold, flu, hay fever, and other respiratory allergies, the regulatory agency states. According to the PSA... The use of these contaminated products, which, uh, once again, Robitussin Honey CF Max Day and Nighttime. 
um, could result in severe or life-threatening adverse events in immunocompromised individuals. Potentially fatal complications include fungemia. Fungemia, which is the presence of fungus or yeasts in blood. Disseminated fungal infection. That's awful. That's like the worst. That's terrible. While non-immunocompromised are unlikely to experience adverse effects, the occurrence of an infection that may necessitate medical intervention cannot be completely. You just need to like not have this. Yeah, you need to like. I, I, I you know what? I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not hammering people who love honey. Honey is like a nice thing. I don't need the honey. See, I don't need the honey in the Robitussin. Like, like I don't need. As 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 Dennis Leary famously said, probably stole it from uh, what's his name, by the way. Um, he famously said, "When you're sick, you want the Green Death Nyquil flavor because it's just gonna it it tastes like it's gonna kill the germs inside you, and you're gonna be able to get some sleep." He says that that everything else is not real. It's the Green Death flavor that you have to get. It's like that, uh, like the really harsh cleaning. Yes, when you clean a room or something. Yes. It's like- Yes, this, this is hard to smell. That's but it correct. feels cleaner. I'm, I'm in there with a spray bottle of bleach, and I got the I got the the hazmat face mask on and the whole thing. I, I want to. I'm if I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning. Nothing nothing gets out of here alive except the people. That's it. I mean that's and the pets. Yeah, that's true. All right, we got another great hour straight ahead. We're going to uh, take a look at a couple other big stories that are out there moving. Uh, a couple of them are. Kind of shocking. So stick around for that. As we start the fourth quarter here. One more, one more, one more. However frustrating the hour, it will not be long. Oh, listen, just one more thing. They on target. Almost there. The following takes place between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. Well done. TJ is cooking. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It's the fourth hour. It is the Brett Witterbull Show, 704-570-1110. Great to be with you. There's a lot of stuff happening out out here in in the world. A lot of people are focusing on what's going on with the border and obviously the uh, challenges um, that the federal government is is issuing uh, against the uh, people in the uh, state of Texas, which is certainly uh, something that is... That is uh, shocking and surprising and, and all that sort of stuff. But when you, when you look at where we are today as a people, as a country, do you think we are our best version of ourselves right now? Like, as a country, are we the best we can be in this country right now? We have a, a, a number of crises. Uh, American cities are falling into disrepair. Crime is at an all-time high. The border is wide open. All of this stuff is a very serious thing that we have to think about. And when, when we think about all this sort of stuff, it's, it feels like it's daunting. I still have faith in the youth. I do have faith in the young people who, who are coming up. And I came across this piece that was posted over at Conservative Review, and it's an interesting story that has uh, that has come out 
Video of U.S. Marines showing Coach Prime's University of Colorado football players how intense a workout can really get to be. Video captured U.S. Marines showing Deion Sanders, University of Colorado football players this week, just how intense an off-season workout can get. The outlet said things kicked off at 6 a.m. with a wake-up call and then some pep talks. But things were far from rah-rah, as the outlet said one of the Marines told the college players they were in for a taste of the Marine Corps, indeed. A 45-minute video captured the Marines putting the players through a combat fitness test with physical challenges that included maneuver under fire, ammo can presses, air squats, and wind sprints. The training session ended with an exercise called the Buddy, during which players carry teammates over a specified distance. So... These guys have to pick up their fellow football players, put them on their shoulders, and carry them a uh, specified distance. The message from the Marines for the day was about trust and accountability. Now, this is interesting because trust and accountability are things that I believe are in short supply right now in our culture, broadly speaking. And really, I, I don't think it's just the United States. I think it's throughout the world. The idea of trust and accountability. A number of commenters underneath the accompanying video enjoyed watching the players be put through arguably a lot more physical intensity than they're accustomed to. Quote, this will take the players to another level of discipline, said one commenter. Man, I've been waiting for something like this, another commenter uh, declared. The culture about to change for real, Semper Fi Marines. As a veteran, this whole video is hilarious, another commenter said. You can see the thoughts come across their faces that we all had during basic. Thank you to the Marines for their service at home and abroad, another commenter said. And a daughter of a Marine turned 82nd Airborne Ranger. I know firsthand that this was just a speck of what they trained through. Kudos to the coaching team for bringing this to the Buffaloes. They will be better for it. Great work, guys. How do we translate that sort of physicality, commitment, what have you, into the, the folks that are a little younger uh, than us, but certainly not children? How, how do we transfer that knowledge, translate that knowledge? Um, you, you no doubt played sports, and depending on your age, you know, it was it was uh, rub dirt in it and go home and, you know, just kind of deal with uh, scratches and dents and all that sort of stuff. N- nowadays, it, it's it's rare to see uh, pickup ball games uh, taking place. You, you don't ever really see pickup games when it comes to to baseball. You, you will see pickup games when it comes to basketball. You will see pickup games sometimes when it comes to flag football or, or, or something like that. But you don't see anything really outside the organized lines of things. And, and what was important about being able to get out there, depending on your size, didn't matter, uh, getting out there and playing against other kids, getting out there and playing against other young adults, 
um, what was important about that was you learned the pecking order. Who, who He or she, who was a great athlete, was respected universally among those people who were competing. And you wanted to be better, and you wanted to be as good as these top-line athletes. And it was all going to be about you doing it. The, the real shame of what we've got now in, in our country is I think we have a surplus of, of, of greed, a, a desire to have nice things for the sake of having nice things. I have to have the best phone. I have to have the best laptop. I have to have the best gaming system. I have to have the top end everything because I want it and I want it now. The striving is what is missing. And it's, it's not an attack on this generation. It's just the natural condition of a person should be to strive. To say, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to work harder today than I did yesterday. And I'm going to be more productive today than I was yesterday. And I'm going to be smarter today than I was yesterday. It's the striving that made this country. It's the striving that built the great empires. I know professors will say, no, it was slavery, it was indentured servitude, it was all that stuff. Go back to Rome. Go back to Rome, 753 to 476. Do you know what caused Rome to fall in 476? Do you know what caused Rome to fall when, when the hordes were at the gates? What caused Rome to fall in 476 wasn't wasn't a lack of will it was a lack of might the reason why rome fell in 476 was because the government had spent all of their money on projects and could not pay the army and at that point rome fell because they spent too much money on the wrong things. News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. Anheuser-Busch InBev is hoping a huge Bud Light ad campaign spent during this year's Super Bowl will help lead them to the great comeback after an organic boycott caused the beer to crater from its one-time spot as the top-selling beer in the country. The company is also set to sponsor two Bud Light ads, a 60-second ad, a 30-second ad, and a Michelob Ultra ad. In hopes of revising, reviving the crashing sales, the Wall Street Journal reported, we need to make more for these moments of massive reach that we choose the right brands to meet the moment, not only on the TV screen, but brands that can really scale out the opportunity. So there you go. It's uh, coming up for the Super Bowl. Let's uh, jump out and talk to Jim. Jim, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for inviting me to be part of the conversation. It's good to have you as part of the conversation. Go right ahead, sir. Yes, usually uh, people uh, are not invited. I just barge right into the conversation, start making wry, humorous observations, and then 
they break out the show killer music. No, you're not. You, so, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to sh- kill the show tonight because uh, the um, the show killer music has been sent out for for uh, repair. So you're you're okay. It has to be overhauled. We use it so much. And <laughs> yeah, really that, I, I I didn't want to have to say that, Jim. But if that's uh, the inference, then uh, you know you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we have a case out here that. Uh, um, oh. Of a lady that was on marijuana, yeah, and uh, she apparently got uh, uh, irate with her boyfriend and murdered him. And she went to court, and her um, attorney was able to get her off with a suspended sentence. Uh-huh. It's uh, 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 because she was uh, had involuntarily taken marijuana, ingested marijuana. She, she hit the bong twice, is what is what they said in the defense. And she stabbed him 108 times. I can't imagine how much was left of the poor guy. 108 times, Jim. Wow. I, I thought that that stuff gave you less energy. I didn't know it gave you more. I, 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 don't, I, never, I, don't, I don't mess with the wacky weed, so I, I, I couldn't tell. I, could, I couldn't weigh in on this. But this person got basically probation. Like, don't do it again. What the heck is this? Yeah, so it's um, it's an invitation for everybody who's on drugs to just go ahead and push the envelope oh. for any mayhem or chaos they are planning to oh. or the, the, to, to commit. I, I'm feeling um, I'm feeling like you're thinking further up north about the Twinkie defense. Is that is that what you're thinking here, uh, uh, Jim? Actually, you know what I was thinking about? It just popped into my head. Yeah, uh, we had talked about this before when uh, you had. Uh, uh, Class, what was it? What's his first name? Bob. Polly Class is dead. Mark Class. Yes. Mark Class was was on the show, and um, I made the observation that uh, Richard Allen Davis had gotten out of jail to give him his money, his two hundred dollars. Yes. And he bought marijuana in the park, and that's that's uh, night he went out and abducted Polly Class. Um, if that this system of justice the California has now was around then, this would be one of the most uh, tragic uh, cases of all time, just uh, uh, her being abducted and murdered for no reason, for just because he, he was uh, out of his mind on marijuana, and then the judge would let him off with probation. I mean, this is where we're at. This is what they're asking for. This is where it's going. This type of uh, chaos and mayhem. Is what they're okay. So, they're so, so us. if 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 you can if you can consume cannabis, and you can have a psychotic episode, why is it why is it so readily available uh, in so many communities in our country? Um, you know, it, 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 they they make things more available all the time. I uh, had to. I had a relationship with a with a girl. And it seemed like it was just part of her DNA, her psyche. Every time I went to go pick her up to go somewhere, we were going to go to the movies or go to get something to eat, she would ask if we could stop to get go to the dispensary or go get a vape stick or go get... And I couldn't do it because I was in the car, and a lot of times it was right. hot. Right. So we had to have the air conditioning on, and then... I can remember one day just having to go home and lie down. I couldn't do it anymore because I'm a recovered addict. Right, right. And I won't go there. I will not go there, and I will not allow anybody, no matter how beautiful she is. Wow. 
And no matter what our relationship was, good for you. I wouldn't do it. Good for and you. This is what people don't understand: is it, is it is a conditioning process that you think it's okay to go into the Home Depot and buy a mallet and hit yourself in the head with it because they tell you you can because it's being glorified. Right. I'm not going to do it. See, uh, more people should be like Jim. I mean, really, I'm serious. You're thinking, you're thinking five and ten and fifty steps ahead. As opposed to just existing and doing what feels good because it feels good at a given moment. That's, that's, that, that's, that's I think, a fundamental shortcoming we have in society today. And uh, Here's another fundamental shortcoming we have in our society. The Democrats, the liberal, the woke, they are playing chess. And the Republicans, the conservatives, uh, for the most part, uh-huh. we're playing checkers, and we got to learn to play the, the game the way they do. Well... How do we do it? How 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 does how does Jim solve the issue with Greg Abbott and the uh, and the Biden administration? Uh, constitutional convention. Amen. Convention. Amen. I said that last night. Uh, Article five, convention of states. That's what you do because that's how you restrain it. I'll I'll be prepared as the speaker of the drugless. Perfect. We we need people to be the speakers of the drugless. I appreciate that. With my mallet, my mallet with doubling your, as the gavel. With, with your mallet, which okay. Given the choice, are you carrying a mallet or are you carrying in a specially decorated sledgehammer? Like, what are you carrying there? Because remember, Nancy Pelosi, when she forced uh, Obamacare on everybody, she, she went around the uh, Capitol, you know, six times or whatever, uh, and, and and had that big that big hammer in her hand. Uh, what, what what are you carrying? A little a little rubber mallet, or are you carrying a a Pelosi hammer? Thirty two ounce Stanley, of course. Anybody in the trade <laughs> got to have that. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate it. You should call back in the seven o'clock hour often. It was a it was a refreshing uh, change of pace. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, I made him wait like Led Zeppelin on the first tour. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jim. That's Jim. And look, he didn't kill the show. Tommy, uh, make a note on that in the file. He did not kill the show today, uh, but we were a little more lenient in the afternoon, in the later afternoon hours, you know, 630. <music> News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. It is the Brett Winterbull Show, 704-570-1110. Let's uh, jump out on the phones, talk to Dave, who's been patiently holding on. Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, Brett. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Um, my my comment is, if we ever get the stones to convene an Article 5 convention, mm-hmm. there are three things that I think need to happen in order to save our republic. All right. What's that? Number one and number two is repeal of the 16th and 17th Amendments to the Constitution. Wow, that would be a bold move. And number three would be to enact the fair tax. Oh, now, okay. Well, that's a two-part thing, because you'd have to repeal the income tax, wouldn't you? Yeah, 16th Amendment. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 there you go. Okay, so, so you're going to fair tax, which is so people yeah. understand what the fair tax is. That is basically the sales tax approach, right? Well, 
yes, mm-hmm. the sales tax approach, but it's the freedom of choice. Yes, it is. Exactly right. If you buy a Lamborghini, you're going to pay the tax on it. If you don't buy a Lamborghini, you're not going to get hit with the tax. I mean, it, I, 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 don't, I don't think the 17th Amendment, I don't understand why that was ever enacted. Uh, the framers of the Constitution had it right to begin with. Well, they did. They did. This is, this is interesting because there's a lot of stuff that could be done if you got a convention of states process underway. There's a lot of stuff that we could do. Um, you could force through a balanced budget amendment. You could force through, regardless of what the Supreme Court said, you could you could force through a line item veto, which would make which would make government more efficient. Um, you, there's a lot of stuff that you could use uh, in, in this thing. Um, that is a, that I, I like your thinking, Dave. That's a that's a good call, man. I appreciate that. All right, Dave, that was good with Dave. There was a little bit of a delay on that call. That was not that was not anybody's fault. But you know, when you when you look at stuff, there, there are these dormant uh, uh, amendments that people uh, attempted um, to 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 ratify on the uh, you know in, in the Constitution, and and they just didn't do it. Uh, and, and it's kind of interesting to see some of the stuff like the balanced budget amendment. That was attempted and it failed. The death penalty abolition amendment, that failed. Um, Birthright citizenship abolitionist amendment, that that failed. That was not approved by the Congress. There's a there's a bunch of them that you can look at if you do a little bit of a search. Uh, There was one that was the English official language amendment. The Federal Marriage Amendment, the Flag Desecration Amendment in 1991, the Flag Desecration Amendment that hung up between 1993 and 2006, the Income Tax Abolition Amendment, the Line Item Veto Amendment. Uh, these are all the sorts of things that could come up in a conversation like that. You know, that, that, is, that, that, is, that is interesting. There was another one that was the, in 1974, the vote of no confidence amendment. That, that was another one. In the resolution of the vote of no confidence, Congress shall fix a date falling not less than 90 days and not more than 110 days from the date of adoption of the resolution for the calling of a special election for the choosing of electors for president and vice president and of representatives and senators provided. So this would be a no confidence amendment that would then allow you to call for a snap election like they do over in Europe uh, and in other parts of the world. That would be something. Holy cow. The stock market would go from like 38,000 to like 900. And then it would go way back up and it would go way down. People would be like, I can't take this. This is crazy. Scott, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Scott? Brett? Yes. Well, what do you know? Yeah, hey, I heard you say something on one of your shows recently, mm-hmm. and I had the same idea. I have not heard anybody else talk about it. And that was that you thought that Tulsi Gabbard might be a good choice for Donald Trump's running mate? She might be, yes. I do. 
I thought that would be brilliant. And I'm just wondering if you know what Tulsi Gabbard is up to now. What is she doing? I haven't heard much from her. She's going around speaking. Uh, she she's not she's not in the Congress anymore. She she will appear from time to time on like Fox News and things like that. Um, and she's she's just somebody who's I think she's got a podcast. You probably can find a podcast of hers uh, as well. But she's she's one of these people that. Sort of like a Carrie Lake character, you know, that just people that, yeah. that are, that'll they'll show up on the shows and they'll talk about different issues. Now, the only caveat I have with a Tulsi Gabbard pick is, you know, she is an avowed liberal. OK, so that might cause some people to have a consternation about it, although she's clearly not in the Hakeem Jeffries, Chuck Schumer Joe Biden wing of the, you know, of, of, of thinking. Right. So she's she's, right. she's one of these sort of uh, rugged individualists who, you know, charts her own course, which could be tough, yeah. which could be tough, which could be, could be tough. Yeah, you know, when she, resigned from a, when she resigned from the Democratic Party, I thought that her, her letter about that, explaining why she did that, yeah. was right on the money. Uh, yeah, maybe she's a liberal, but she's not the extremist that we're seeing in the no. Democratic Party now. No, that is for sure. That uh, she is a liberal in the, in the sort of traditional sort of a sense of being a liberal, um, as opposed to, you know, the, what, what we see the squad, a squad type liberal. You know that that's not what yeah. she is. So, I, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you approved. That was cool. Thank you for calling, sir. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Uh, you're very welcome. That's Scott checking in. News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. All right, we get messages. We get messages we want to share with the uh, class. Here we go. You ready? Here's here's a couple of the messages that have come in uh, so far, including uh, one of the callers who took great umbrage at what Jim was saying, going on and on about how horrible marijuana is. He probably watched Reefer Madness too many times, Jim. Oh, that's 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 just that's a tough situation right there, because Jim Jim was bringing it sincerely. And 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 William took a swing at him. I don't know. We got to see this. Oh, oh, one other great message that came in here, by the way, as well. This is really this is money in the bank. I think it was I think this is Stan. We only need one amendment at the Article five convention, one that would repeal all the ones after the first 10 and be done with it. No, you got to No, you have to have slavery still outlawed and you have to have the 13th and the 14th still still in effect. But I, I, I'm with you on like the other stuff with the progressives and the crazy policies. Uh, let's go and talk to Yankee Joe next. Yankee Joe, what's on your mind? Brett, I am so sorry I'm bringing this late. I really am to the great people of WBT. But listen, with this Taylor Swift thing, yes. look, the left is, all, and we always say the left is way ahead of the game. And of course, there's the marijuana thing. Which, let me go back with the marijuana thing. But you said, why do they keep doing it? I'm going back to the Brett Winterfell archive here in San Diego. Ah, let me go here. There it is. Because the left is a party of death. They don't mind people killing themselves with drugs. And we have mm -hmm. a fentanyl crisis, by the way, and these things are, are fired. We we're we we're not agreeable with this from the right, but the thing is, though, is that this is the way they they roll. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, let's go back to the Taylor Swift thing. And I'm going to the great Maharaja, the great Rush Limbaugh. Yes, sir. Rush Limbaugh. They try to shut him off of, of A Farts Armed Forces Radio. Th and they did service of That's... military guy. Yep. And so, Brett, we got our boy Sorbo here in Los Angeles. I'm not, we're in San Diego, but in Los Angeles, putting those great. Photographs out there with Ted Cruz and Nancy Pelosi sure. and all those other things. It was crazy, yes. And so, 
What would incite people to vote, say, hey, you know what, we need to restrict free and a great Brett Whittable show. What would do something for a lot of people that really like this person and the next generation of people who love this girl? Uh-huh, uh-huh, hey, uh-huh. you know what, we need to restrict free speech because that is unrude with this stuff of pictures of her and doing all this other stuff. And guess what? They're willing to have a sacrificial way. These members, going back to the Brett Whittable archives, the left is a party of death. They don't mind hurting people. They don't. And she's a sacrificial lamb. People emotionally get, because she looks, let's be real about it. She looks like a teenager. Like she looks like a very, very young girl. Yeah. And it's a pretty sick, and those pictures are sick. We're parents too. So, 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 wait, wait, wait. So I want to, so I want to jump in here because there's a bunch of AI deep fake violent porn pictures of Taylor Swift that have appeared somehow, some way, right? That's what you're talking about. Um, yes, sir. And, and so. That that issue, I, I find it to be abhorrent, disgusting, and awful. I think it's just, you know, I agree with you 100%. No, no, I, it's I know. disgusting because I don't want my daughter doing, hell no, man. I'd be fighting. We, I would fight for your kids, too. Of I course, of course. No, what I, I'm saying is we're on the same side here. So I, I was just bringing them up to speed on that aspect of the story. Oh, because the, the, story, the story that I was talking about earlier, much earlier on the show was about her the stalkers in New York that are coming after her. Now, this this deep fake porn stuff that these that these animals are creating to to defile uh, her as a person and and to just try to destroy her dignity. That those those people need to be punished to the fullest possible extent of the law. I uh, I I think agree. if you create if you create, agree, but we're still looking for the, the 120, 150 names on the, on the Epstein list. Sure, we're still playing the sure. old cops. Sure, you think these people give a dog? But a if you're making, if, if you're making, if you're making child porn, whether it's real or fake, whether it's um, utilizing only a part of, of of a face or something like that, that should carry with it the exact same penalty as I having. Agree child pornography that that's my I personal agree. position I, so. no, I, that's my position too brett yeah but the thing is though that who they want to shut up they want to shut up us they, and they do put a porn out there and the thing is also build the momentum on this thing and you think these people are these people are smart look at the january 6th thing come on brett and the thing is from intelligence it's very hard if you said find you know um daryl ice's office in the capitol and i'm in the capitol it may take me three hours to find that man's office. It's very difficult to maneuver around the, to navigate in the capital. It is. So these people, and these people all of a sudden go to this person's office, this person's office. All of a sudden, it's just like, come on, Brett. Yeah. We got to oh. think ahead of the game, brother. Well, you, you, you do. Like, but but the, way you, the way you think ahead of the game is, and this is what's missing, this is what is missing from the the Republican side of the ledger. And, and, I'm, and I'm dead serious when I say this. What are the new ideas? Give me any new idea. Start putting out ideas to compete with the 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 the, the, the loony kazoonies from parts unknown that are out there pushing all kinds of weird policies. You have got to counter bad policy with good policy, and 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 bad ideas with great ideas, and that's what has got to happen. And so, unfortunately, it's all about: Do you like Nikki Haley? Do you like Donald Trump? Do you like Nikki Haley? Do you like Donald Trump? No, no. I want to know what you're going to do. Tell me what your percentage rates are going to be on your um, on your tax cut. What are the percentage rates going to be on the tariffs? What is that going to look like? That's what I want. I we have got to start demanding specificity on this stuff because Biden 
cannot keep up. He's the incumbent. That means that the presumption of guilt is with him until he can prove that he's a good president. That's how it works. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of ideas they come up with. But you, I got bad news for you. Jennifer Dillon, who is running his campaign, was quoted back in, 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 the tw- in 2020 as saying Republicans are effers. That's what she said. And, and, and so this is going to be hand-to-hand argument combat, basically. And you're going to have to have a better idea than you have uh, right now. This is why if, if, if Nikki wants to run, she better come out with a bunch of proposals. If Trump wants to win, he's got to put out a bunch of proposals. You can't just stand there and say, we're going to make it like it was, because that's not enough specificity. Brett, Brett, but even with the members, and I'm going back to the thing when uh, when Trump did an address, not State of the Union, but addressed to the nation's first speech to the nation, the American people in the Capitol. You remember, he said, "I will grant what well, one million illegal aliens amnesty." Or yeah, and they, they, and they and they blew him up. And then guess what? And they blew him. See, the thing is, those is that, and they constantly do because they hook on that emotion. They and do. the thing is that they're, and the thing is, those is that we're. And I, I, you know, I got to go back to the. No, no, I got you. I got. I'm up. Listen, I'm up against it. Call me tomorrow, okay? All right, man. I appreciate you being out there. Yankee Joe checking in, closing it off. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here tonight. It's been a real pleasure to be with you. Thanks to uh, Tommy and, of course, Isaac. And we also uh, enjoyed our time with uh, TJ, uh, Pam Warner, and, of course, um, Anna Erickson, and Breaking Brett Jensen, who comes by next. Stick around. Great programming all night long. News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT.